We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to another edition of Hand Raise Guys, presented by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. I'm Neil McCready. It's a solo HRG uh, late this afternoon, early this evening on December the 1st. Uh, Frankly, Oxford and uh, Lafayette are playing soccer tonight. I've missed the last few games. I don't want to miss this one. Moving it up tonight. Had some Skype issues earlier in the day. Have gotten those fixed. It's been a day here on the network. But we have gotten content to you. Hope you have enjoyed it. We had the Oxford Exxon podcast earlier today. Jeffrey Wright joined. Um, This will be the Friday Oxford Exxon podcast. Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Uh, Stop by on your way in or out of town as you do your holiday travels and uh, always have great snack selection, uh, plate lunches. Uh, You can get your uh, turkey smoked at the holiday time. You can always get a rack of ribs. All of those things at Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West, always clean on the inside and out. Great place to fill up your vehicle, fill yourself up as you get ready for your travels this holiday season. And thanks to the people at the Oxford Exxon for sponsoring us for the last, gosh, 10 years now, a little over 10 years as we tape this on December the 1st. So thanks to Ben and everybody at the Oxford Exxon. Uh, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford Studios. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's right to the bottom line. No hassle. No haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662 662- 257-1900. Corey and the people at Clark Ford want to be your car guy. They want to be your truck guy. They'll prove to you what that means when you make the call. Again, 662-257-1900. In a minute, Ben Mintz will join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters on the Square is a great place for you to, uh, perfect place actually, for your Christmas party or gathering. They can accommodate parties of 10 to 500. Great food with the Cajun flair, holiday drinks, and a festive atmosphere. So call Jeannie, 601-842-0948 to request a catering menu and reserve a date. Hand-raised guys always brought to you each and every week by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, same great products, 
Uh, same great services, just different names. If you're in the uh, Oxford, Tupelo area, you want to make sure that uh, heating system's ready to go, safe to run as we get into the cold weather. Get in touch with the people at Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, DeSoto County, Memphis, that area, get in touch with the people at Southern, 662-429-4429. Great service. They're always going to take care of you, and especially when you call, say, hey, I heard about you guys on Hand Raise Guys, on MPW Digital, on the Oxford Exxon Podcast, any of that will do. And uh, they'll come take extra care of you uh, here in uh, holiday season. When if you have a problem, you got people coming over, you've got whatever going on, you want to get it fixed and fixed fast, and they'll take care of you at Comer and Southern. So here's the plan. I'm going to talk to Ben Mintz, Barstool Sports, like we always do, for about 40 minutes, uh, previewing the weekend ahead in college football championship weekend and also another weekend in the NFL. Then I'll come back on the other side. I'll take a few calls if you guys want to call. I'm probably free till about 6 o'clock. If uh, you call, I'll take it. If you have a question, you can put it in the thread. I'll take that as well, and then we'll uh, we'll shut it down. Uh, don't forget, Butcher versus the Spin Instructor is coming your way, presented by LB's Meat Market. That'll be coming your way a little bit uh, later this evening. I just got through taping along with Tyler Siski, McCready and Siski, powered by Rain Total Body Fuel. We had Cole Kubelik on. From a production standpoint, it was an absolute nightmare. Gotten the Skype issue fixed. Not particularly uh, pleased with Skype's explanation for why we had the problem, but regardless. And again, a reminder, we're a week away. I've already spent the money. Um, The folks at Vault Entertainment are coming over. uh, First part of next week, all the equipment's been ordered. We're moving the Clark Ford studio. We're going to fix it up, update the audio, completely revamp the video. Um, I don't want to overpromise, but I think it's going to be I think it's going to be uh, a major upgrade for MPW Digital. We started this, the heavy video stuff, I don't know, three, four years ago. And maybe we were doing it before then a little bit, but we weren't really completely invested. About three, four years ago, we got pretty invested. Two and a half years ago, we got real invested. Uh, we've outgrown this setup, to be just perfectly frank. We've, uh, we've got to become a little bit more technologically savvy, uh, I reached out. I knew I couldn't do that on my own. Reached out, got professional help. Uh, the money has been spent, and uh, it's going to get done. I think it's going to be really, really good. Might have some growing pains for a couple of weeks, but wanted to wait until the football season was over. I wanted to wait until we were secure on the whole coaching thing. Didn't want to do it in the middle of a coaching search, uh, but I did want to get it done so that by the first of the year, um, as we get started in 2023, we're ready with something that looks completely different, sounds better, looks better, looks more professional, sounds more professional. And again, I don't want to overpromise it, but I'm awfully confident in, in what we're going to do. And I think you guys are going to really like it. It's just going to be a, a major upgrade. So days like today when we had the issue of Skype sort of solidified uh, that that thought process on my part. So again, uh, we'll get, we'll get to your calls and your comments and stuff again, for the people who are just in the thread asking why so early, um, I'm going to a high school soccer game tonight. My son plays for Oxford high school. They play at Lafayette tonight. I've missed the last few games. Really would love to go uh, see him play in a rivalry game tonight against, um, against the guys at, um, at Lafayette. Chauncey says you're changing mics. Uh, we're going with the same mics, uh, but we're going to go through a different sound system. There's nothing wrong with them. In fact, the mics are great. These are expensive mics. They're very nice. But we're kind of having a sound system that when we set it up was state-of-the-art. And 
four or five years later, it's really not state-of-the-art anymore. So we're going with something more, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, just a little more condensed. The sound's going to be better. It's going to be cleaner. And uh, I think you guys will hear that almost uh, almost immediately. So we'll get to that in about a week. I think the plan is to install it next Thursday, next Friday. We're going to get through the next Thursday morning's Oxford Exxon podcast in this setup. And then those guys are coming over as soon as that's over, and we're going to hit it that day, um, possibly into Friday. And um, that next week, hopefully, we'll be, uh, we'll be all set up. Yeah, Ronnie says take it easy on the Commodores. Commodores are a good team. It's always a fun rivalry. Uh, the girls are playing at 5 o'clock. That's always a great game. The boys play tonight. It's going to be cold. But um, it's, uh, it'll be, be a lot of fun. And I appreciate you guys understanding. It's one of those deals – I've said this before, um, I'm, I'm never going to look back and go, I wish I had done whatever and missed one of his games. The games come and they go so fast, and you look up, and in my situation, you look up and you see one kid graduating from college here soon, another kid's almost halfway through college, and it seems like yesterday when she started college. And I know when these three years of him playing varsity soccer are over that I will miss these games, and I will not regret um moving up a schedule so that I could go watch him play in a, in a rivalry game and in a fun rivalry game between Oxford and Lafayette. So we'll get to Ben Mintz. Talked to uh, Ben yesterday, previewed the weekend ahead conference championship games all up and down the uh, docket Friday and Saturday. And then of course, another weekend in the uh, NFL. So here is Ben Mintz with Barstool. I'll be back on the other side to take your calls and comments if you have any. Ben Mintz, Barstool Sports, joins us again this Thursday, as he has done so many Thursdays, every Thursday, the entire football season. Benjamin, I know the Egg Bowl did not go the way you wanted it to go. I was under this. It was raining. I got down to the field with about six, seven minutes left. I didn't feel like getting wet just yet. At the time, it looked like Mississippi State was about to put the game away, and I turned on your stream with Walker. And Walker's sitting there saying, he deserves this. I deserve this. I deserve this. And you're just kind of walking around. You looked kind of checked out a little bit. Uh, that night didn't go the way you, I know you had hoped it would go. Well, look, here's the one thing. First of all, we're in the business of numbers games. And that Egg Bowl stream, we got 130,000 views. And at the end of the game, when Walker egged me after, which I'm sure you saw the photo of me with eggs all over me, uh, I mean, we had like 10,000 people watching us at the end of the game. And, Neil, I honestly, to be real with you, when I got to Barstool, like I sat down on a stream the first day and I was like, wait, people watch us watching the game? It's like I couldn't fathom that concept. Just like this can't be real. Like, yeah, like I get maybe they want some like reaction shots, but like people actually watch this. We got 130,000 views on it. The U.S. versus England with Dave Portnoy and troops the next day got like 108. I mean, that is crazy big numbers for the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving yeah. night. So that made me feel good about my job security. But uh, as far as, yeah, Walker was just – I mean, he was obviously on one because Ole Miss has won the last two Egg Bowls. And, you know, I, I definitely had to take some eggs to the face at the end and stuff. But, I mean, he, on the other side of it, he took them well the last two years. And, you know, I was pissed about the game. I know everybody was. Honestly, couldn't believe Ole Miss even had a shot at the end the way it went. I mean, that Will Rogers fumble, at, you know, was so crazy. To keep Ole Miss in the game, uh, tough, tough loss. But I'm on the side of 
And I mean, I know it's it's just such a hot button top with fans. And Lane obviously burned a lot of bridges and everything that happened. But I'm I'll just say I'm thrilled Lane Kiffin's back. I know it was crappy last week, and I know people were pissed, and you know I know there are a lot of hurt feelings, and I get all that. But Lane moves the needle, and this was supposed to be you know if eight and four at Ole Miss is this horrible horrible year, the way people are acting. Man, sign me up. You know, if that's – there's a rebuilding year with a 19-year-old quarterback and two new coordinators and all kinds of tra- changing stuff. Like, And it shows you the emotion of college football because before the season in July and August when we're doing this daily podcast every day, every day. And so there, are, there are mornings in July when Chase walks in here, in August when Chase walks in here. We'll look at each other like, what the hell are we talking about? I mean, what are we talking about? And you end up previewing the season again. There were so many times that we would be like, you know, they could start the season seven and oh, six and one, easy, and end up eight and four. Easy. Yep. I mean, and you'd be like, well, you know, how's that? And you'd say, well, I mean, you know, you gotta go to gotta go to LSU, you gotta go to AM. At the time we thought AM might be good. Uh, you know, you, you're like LSU is always hard to play down there. Um you got Alabama at home. You got to go to Arkansas. It's going to be their senior night. They're going to be emotional. They, they might be good. And then you got Mississippi State five nights later, and they're going to be hungry. You could lose those games. And then when you lose them, people are like, damn it. You know, and I get it. It's the emotion of it. But it's if you, if you take a step back and you look at it, you're like, yeah, the season kind of went the way you kind of thought it would probably go. You know, no, I mean, it was pretty predictable. No, I went into the year just being realistic, and I try to, like – I've got the gambling angle, so I feel like I, I'm pretty good about not getting too emotional about it. I said, as long as you don't step back to six and six or seven and five, if you win eight, you're going to keep the momentum going as a program. You know, when you have one of those step backs of seven and five or six and six, you you know, you really lose a lot of momentum. Like, sure, the ending didn't go the way they wanted. Losing, You never want to lose the Egg Bowl State. But like I said, I mean, eight and four is not the end of the world. And then keeping Lane and, you know, a lot of stuff that came out at the end, the NIL money being there, which had been this huge rumor that Ole Miss didn't have the resources. And then Lane gets a six-year deal. Like, you know, overall, it, it could be worse. And, you know, I always hate losing State. I'm not saying that. I'm not I'm not trying to come on here and say it's not a big deal losing the Egg Bowl because losing them is the worst. There's no, no getting around it. But – I mean, I think things are going to be all right as long and short of it. And also, you and me are both in media. I mean, I've said this to you off the air, and I'll say it on it. I mean, having Lane and Ole Miss is great for both of our careers because how much of a lightning rod he is and how many – you know. I mean, it's just Ole Miss is so – such a big brand right now with Lane. So, I'm, I'm glad he's sticking around. And I think next year the schedule is murder next year, and I know now is not the time to talk about it. But, like, the team is going to get better. I mean, I, I'm quite confident. Well, it, it has to. Um, it needs to. It, it um, you know, the other thing that happened this year compared to twenty twenty one in twenty twenty one, they played those close games and they won them. This year, they played the close games and they they won the one over Kentucky. But they you know they lost the one to um, to Bama and then they they lose the one to State and A and M was pretty close. I mean, granted, they kind of scored late. Yeah, you know, so you. You ended up kind of doing that deal, which is normal, which is if you play four close games, you split them. You know, you win two, you lose two. And and, and that ends up being the difference between eight and four and nine and three or ten and two and stuff like that. But, look, at the end of the day, um, I tend to agree with you. And I, I think for Lane, I would hope for Lane, that 
he looks at the way that the this season unfolded with the distractions and the next time that something like this is coming up, he handles it differently. Yeah, like my thing on that, and another thing I said to Neil off the air, and I, I'll repeat on here, is that, look, it's so weird when you're like as emotionally invested, when you're an alumni or you're a student or you're like in that and you just like live the, the school life. But like take your step, take a step back. What did we sign up for when we got Lane Kiffin? You know, you knew you were signing up for the zoo. I mean, it was a known thing. Like, you can't be shocked that Lane's flirting with other jobs. He's not from Mississippi. Look how many – I mean, you're talking about a guy that's coached the Oakland Raiders, Tennessee, Florida Atlantic, Bama OC. I mean, this guy's been, you know, everywhere. And, you know, I was – at one point last week after I was on with you, I went through, like, I was in denial that he was leaving, and then I accepted it, and I was like, okay, this sucks, but he still gave us three really good years, and with a bad ending, like, you know, overall, I'd consider that a success. So, you know, I went from accepting him leaving to being thrilled, you know, now he's back, and I think overall it's a positive, and so, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm ready to, to move forward, and I'm real curious to see, you know, now that we got some NIL money, well, this is probably going to crush this portal. They're going to try. It's the problem. The, the interesting part about the portal is that everyone's in it now and uh, the prices are higher across the board. So, and then, hey, look, December the 5th is rolling around and it's going to be chaos. I think, I think people are going to be stunned at some of the people that jump in the portal on the 5th of December who haven't announced anything because what's going on right now is the tampering portal. Yeah. And then the transfer portal starts up and then. Hey, who knows? December, December's got a chance to be, to be nutty. Um, speaking of, got championship week this week. Got some, got some games. Um, we've been doing this all year, so people, I know, want your thoughts on some of these games. We'll run through the the college games. We'll get to the week in the NFL. Um, this North Texas UTSA game. I've I've watched North Texas a lot this year. They're kind of up and down. They're capable of of um, giving UTSA all they want. UTSA kind of. A little flat last week. Got got a scare, but they won. Uh, it's a nine point line in San Antonio. Yeah, this is a high line and it's tough. But I like man. I think Trailer UTSA is just a spectacular coach. You know, he came up to the Texas high school ranks, was kind of a legend in high school, the Texas circuit. And man, I mean, you know, I just remember when Frank Wilson went there and he helped get talent, but they couldn't win. And now he's coming there, and they're, you know, they're the best program in that conference at this point. And the fact they're at home, too, in that Alamo Dome, and they've got the fans that will support it and rock it. I, I think they're going to come out strong. I know they beat Western Kentucky last year in this title game. is a little slight underdog. But I, I don't think I can go against UTSA here. I, I really don't. All right, Utah and USC, huge game, national implications, Pac-12 title. If, if USC wins, they're, they're certainly in the playoff. If they lose, they're almost certainly not in the playoff. So this is a quarterfinal game for them. Utah beat them earlier in the year. It's USC minus three in a game that's going to be played in uh, Vegas. What do you so, think? This is fascinating to me in that there's two games, USC and TCU, which we'll get to in a minute. These lines are just so short. I mean, you got to think USC is going to be such a public team here. I mean, everybody saw what they did to Notre Dame, and everybody saw the battle for L.A., and Caleb Williams is the monster front runner for the Heisman. USC lost to Utah. It was like 43-42 in that crazy game where Utah went for two at the end at home in, uh, I believe the game was early October. And 
it just like I, I'm. It's one of those things where if USC was favored by five, I think it'd be all over USC. But this line is freaking me out. Utah dominated, or you know, they beat Oregon a couple of times. They've done well in these conference championship games. But then let's talk about what Utah is this year. I've seen them play a lot. They usually have these dominant defensive lines that just crush you. They don't have that this year. I've watched Utah play a good bit. I saw what happened in the Swamp Week 1. You know, I felt like they had a chance to win at Oregon when Knicks was hurt. They lost that game. Like, I like USC in this game. Everything about it except the line looks ratty. So, I'm going to end up taking USC small. And I'm kind of – when I look at USC right now, they're on a roll. I mean, they got it rolling. And I just don't think Utah's what people think they are. I feel like they're like a little overrated right now. But just the fact that I'm seeing the line at two, two and a half, three, that's the only reason I'm not going to take USC huge. But Vegas is also – you know, that game's on turf in that Raiders stadium. And you know that turf and speed benefits USC and how fast they are. Yeah, I like USC minus three here. Yeah, I, I, I do. I don't. I know the only thing on Utah I like is just the line looking weird, and that's it. I like everything else about USC, and it's a bounce back from losing the game earlier this year. TCU and Kansas State in the uh, Big Twelve title game in Arlington. It's uh, K State plus two and a half. The money line here is just plus one fifteen on K State. Vegas, Vegas does. Vegas likes K-State here. The uh, TCU money line is only minus 135. I Look, I've watched K-State a lot this year, and they can be really, really good. TCU just wins. This is going to be a battle for them, I think. This is the one that feels – look, and, you know, everybody's been saying all year, when's TCU going to lose? And I get it. You know, no one thought they'd beat Texas. People thought they almost lost that Baylor game. But K-State – thrives in this underdog role like this is like what they're good at you know you go through the years they live for this role and then you look at the first game in this series I mean K-State was up 28-10 and then TCU scored 28 unanswered K-State had some quarterback injuries but my instincts are you know my instincts would not take TCU here I just this what this one feels something feels weird about this one and I don't know if I can bet K-State but I, I feel – I don't know. This one, I'm not confident in TCU. I'm more confident USC than I am TCU, for sure. You and me on the same page. I'm like I'm laying the three with USC, and I'm taking K-State in the points. Um, I, yeah. I, I think they're going to win. Um, I need a massive money line win uh, in my little battle with Tyler that I'm losing badly. Is there any chance at all, Ben, that Georgia, knowing that, knowing that it's in the championship tournament no matter what, is there any chance that Georgia does what it did a year ago and comes out flat and gets beaten by an inferior team? Is there any chance that LSU not only covers 17 and a half but wins the game? There's always a chance, but the problem with LSU, I mean, we everybody saw what happened today in them. They got caught looking at the SEC title game. It was Thanksgiving week, you know, a bunch of stuff. But what's worrying me about this is Jaden Daniels been a walking boot. You know, if he – you look, if LSU, if there's a path to the upset in Georgia – his mobility is a huge part of it, especially on that turf. Like, they got to have him busting some runs. If he can't move, they're screwed, period. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his mobility, and you saw Arkansas limited it, and then AM did. You know, if you could take away his running and make him into a drop-back passer, it seems like they're off – you know, that's really the one dynamic of their offense that's, that's tough. It's why they beat uh, Ole Miss, was he got out of the pocket and started running around, and they couldn't contain him, and it was over. 
But on the other side of it, I do think LSU's defense is going to play a lot. But, you know, they know showed against A&M, and A-Chain had over 200 yards rushing. I can see LSU's defense keeping a minute. Like, Georgia, obviously, everybody knows they got the two elite tight ends. Yeah, they have a good running game. But, like, I'm still not blown away by their offense. I, I'm really not. And so, I think LSU's defense can keep a minute. But I just need to know more about Daniels. If he's not 100% moving, I just I, – that that's something I can't – I have a hard time seeing them win. The line was 15-and-a-half before the A&M game, and now it's 17-and-a-half. So, I thought that was interesting. And then I'll go ahead and say on here because it's coming out Thursday, uh, I'm going. I've never been to an SEC championship game. Oh, that's a good event. Yeah, well, I get – I mean, everybody sees how much crap I get at Barstool. Look, I used to work for ESPN Baton Rouge, like – I'm very close with a lot of people down there. My old boss, Gordy Rush, who's their sideline reporter, called me Sunday night and said, "Hey, got you rooms. At, got you room at the rooms at the Hyatt. Take rolling out whatever you need. You know, you're getting the royal treatment." I was like, "I, you know, I ain't missing that." And I'm good friends with LSU's quarterback, Coach Joe Sloan, too, because he's another three one eight guy. So I'm gonna go, and uh, I think I'm gonna have some fun doing some content. You know, I think it's gonna be a cool trip. I'm. Where in the 318 is he from? Well, he just – he was at – like, he bounced around a lot. He actually went to East Carolina back in the day, but he lived – he was a Tech OC for six years. So, oh, okay. Him. So some he was Tech OC from, like, 15 yeah. to 20. Yeah. Rustin boy's got to stick together, man. That's the way it oh, works. He's great. Joe Sloan's such a good dude. I mean, I – like, it's like – like, I'm – he got – he's done an awesome job with Daniels this year, too. And uh, I, I'm – you know, can't really think higher of him. Great guy. ACC title game, Clemson coming off that loss to South Carolina. North Carolina coming off a loss to NC State. This is a dud of a game. Nobody cares. Uh, Clemson's a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Is there any chance North Carolina pulls it off at their 260 uh, money line? Man, after losing to Georgia, I just feel like they got exposed in the last two weeks. And you look at – North Carolina actually reminds me a lot of Ole Miss, to be honest. Seems like their offense is, you know, they dominate when they play bad defenses and they can like pick their number and score in the 50s and 60s. But if you beat them up front, it shuts things down. And that's what NC State and Georgia Tech did the last two weeks. And that's what Clemson can do. You know, their defensive line can dominate this game. And Uli Ungalele, I mean, dear God, he, I mean, he's eight of 29 for under 100 yards last week against South Carolina. I'm hoping there's some bad weather maybe in Charlotte or something because I'm thinking about taking this under. Okay. I, I just did 63 and a half. I've seen North Carolina the last two weeks struggle. I think, you know, I think they're going to struggle on offense again. I know Carolina's defense is bad, but like, I mean, so is Clemson's offense, you know? So I'm looking pretty strong at 63 and a half. That's a high, that total's so high because of Carolina's, you know, tendency to play high scoring games. But, you know, you see how they played the last two weeks. And I think Clemson's defense is going to be a big problem for them. Got the MAC title game. Should be a pretty good game. I, I've watched Toledo a little bit this year. They're a nice team. Jason Candle does a good job. Ohio's a good team. This is in Detroit, Toledo minus two. Any thoughts on it? Yeah, so I actually watched Ohio a good bit this year, and that QB they had, Curtis Roark, was unbelievable. He was one of the most accurate passers in the country. Well, he's got he's out for the year now with a knee injury from a couple weeks ago, and I know they still stepped in and won the week after. But, man, you know how those – when you're talking about these G5 schools, and, Neil, you know this covering football, there's there's certain people you can't really replace on that level. I and mean, you lose your superstar quarterback, that's tough for a conference championship game. And his older brother was a quarterback there for a long time. So, 
long story long story short, I, I'm liking Toledo just because the Ohio quarterback's out. All right. Uh, we got the uh, Sunbelt game. Sunbelt was a terrific league this year. We talked about it before the year. It lived up to it. Coastal and Troy. Coastal Carolina, eight-and-a-half-point dog at Troy. The money line, if you're betting on Coastal, and I just can't, is uh, plus 260. I, Troy is – I watched a lot of Troy's game at Arkansas State last week. Troy's really good. He went – Hey, the job John did with that team to go 10 and two, basically 10 and one after losing to Ole Miss. And the only loss was that Hail Mary crazy ass play at App State today that game day was there. Um, Troy could easily be 11 and one right now. I saw them in person in Mobile. They had improved so much from when they played uh, in Oxford. I, I think they roll Coastal. Do you? I, I do, too. Coastal got smacked last week by James Madison, and they're just – I mean, kind of like I mentioned with Ohio. I mean, Grayson McCall, their superstar quarterback's out for the year. And on that level, you just can't replace guys like that. And speaking of John, some, like I saw a thing that was like ranking coaching performances this year in the country, and I think he was like 10th or 11th in the entire country, like factoring in anybody. It's a fantastic job. I mean – I mean, unbelievable. I mean, he's got to be <clears> – <throat> I talked I, to him. I talked to him before the South Alabama game down on the field, and um, I was like, "Man, you guys are so much better than you were week one." And he was like, "Neil, week one we couldn't even line up. We didn't know where to line up." He goes, hey, "We just because they, he, you know, he raved about the kids. He gave the credit to the kids, but basically they just worked the culture there, and they got the kids to buy in, and they just kept working, and they kept kept plugging along, and 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 staying positive, and." The W's started coming, and once the kids win, they're like, okay, maybe this guy's not full of it. And, and uh, now they will now they run through walls for the guy. It's really remarkable. Uh, it's unbelievable. And he's going to be – I mean, another year or two like that, we're going to be seeing him in the SEC. Well, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of schools that come to mind. Um, the uh, American title game, a few days ago, I thought Willie Fritz was leaving for Georgia Tech, and I was like, man – Tulane's going to be kind of down in the dumps. Now he's staying, and uh, they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They they survived that game at Cincinnati, which was a great game. Oh, they, yeah. they get UCF, who's really playing well. John Rice Plumley's having a, a, a special season. Gus Malzahn's done a great job with the Knights. This should be a really fun game in New Orleans. It's Tulane minus three-and-a-half. And a few things on this one. First of all, the Fritz thing. Thrilled he's staying at Tulane. Just really happy for that program to keep him with Georgia Tech going with Brent Keys. Uh, Neil, never thought I'd see the day. $100 and up to get into the Tulane AAC championship game I saw online. That's incredible. Isn't that awesome? That's so good. I mean, because it wasn't that long ago that I covered Ole Miss at Tulane in the Dome. And the get-in price was you had to have oxygen. You just had to you had to be able to breathe. If you had a pulse, you got in. And frankly, if you didn't have a pulse, they'd probably let you in. I mean, it was a disaster. And to where to where they are today on their own on-campus stadium, yeah. filling it up and stuff. It's really cool. It's a great story. He's a great guy. I I I love his program, and I think it's a cool story. Uh, this. this it's a fun game, like I said. I mean, frankly, if you told me I could only watch one of the games, this might be the one I'd pick. Yeah, this is a weird week because it's kind of – I don't want to say it's a disappointing week for conference championship games, but it yeah, kind of is. is. Yeah. 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 Well, That's what's interesting is Central Florida just beat Tulane in New Orleans November – what, three weeks ago? 
you know, it was it was that recent. Central Florida, I don't know if you saw, that South Florida game was bananas, too. I mean, they were up huge. South Florida came back, and Central Florida scored, like, on this crazy, like, one-handed catch to win the game. That game was nuts, too. Uh, my instincts are always kind of like when teams play twice, I usually like it bouncing back the other way the second time. And USC Utah is like that. I w- I'm hoping to get Tulane at three instead of three and a half because Tulane does have a tendency to play close games. But I think Tulane's going to get it done. I got burned picking them last time against Central Florida, though. But I, I just – I really believe they got a lot of momentum, and I think they're well coached. And I mean, they, that was their first win of a ranked team since, like, what was it, 69? And then Cincinnati had a 32-game home win streak. So it seems like different times for Tulane, and I think they're going to – I think they're going to get it done. Mountain West game out in Boise. I'm heading to Boise in a few weeks to freeze my ass off uh, for losing this competition. Uh, Fresno is plus three at Boise. Boise, uh, I don't know. I know nothing about these two teams. I've watched Boise once all season. The money line's plus 135 for Fresno, minus 155 for Boise. I, I mean, I know this is very basic, but I'll be betting against the California team freezing up in Boise. That's a you good know. That's a good I mean, point. I know, like, it's a very basic thing to say, but Boise – so I did watch them this year. They started out bad. People were saying, what's wrong with Boise's program, blah, blah, blah. And they went and got Dirk Cutter, you know, the old Falcons and Bucks coach. Uh, although, see, he used to be at Boise back – way back in the day. He was Boise's coach when this whole thing started. They brought him back as OC, and they really just focused on their running game. They got a freshman, like, dual-threat quarterback. He's not a great passer, but they can run. And they just pounded it and played defense, and that was enough to win the Mountain West. They've gotten hot down the line, and Fresno's got a really good quarterback in Jake Hayner. But I just, you know, going to Boise this time of year is just not not fun, especially if you're a Cali team. So I'm just going with Boise. Yeah, I, I like that one too. All right, I've got to take a money line pick. This is going to be the one I take because it's – I've got no choice, right? i got to just lay a bunch on something and pray. I'm going to pray for Purdue. My, and, and the only hope I've got is that they can score some points here and there every so often. Michigan is coming off of a dominant performance at Ohio State. It had to be one of those pro, one of those moments where your program ascends, right? From, okay, you were good, and now people acknowledge your greatness. It's natural, even though this is a championship game, it's only natural they're going to have a little bit of a letdown. Not much. Harbaugh's team, he's doing a, Harbaugh's doing a great job. Oh, yeah. I mean, doing a great job. Minus 17, but the money line's plus 600. I need a miracle. I'm going to bet on Purdue before I bet on LSU. That's kind of what I would say, too. I, the thing with Purdue, Brahms pulled a lot of underdog wins out in his career, too. He, like, he's – they've pulled some wild ones. You know, he's beaten Ohio State before. He, he's pulled some crazy ones in his career. I like Purdue's quarterback, O'Connell, a good bit, too. So, I, I feel like they do have a better shot than LSU. The LSU thing, I just – if Daniels, I know, can move, then I might talk myself into it. But uh, I would go with Purdue over LSU. I like your logic. Because I think Purdue could score some points. Like, last year, Michigan played Iowa in this thing, and Iowa had no chance. You know, Iowa's got no chance in an indoor game on turf against Michigan. You know, no. the only way they're going to beat Michigan is if it's 18 degrees outside. 18 and they can beat them 10 to 7. Yeah. Yeah, they just beat them 10-7. But – Purdue's got some athletes on offense and some skill guys. I mean, I think they can score. I don't know, you know, can they hold up on defense for four quarters? Probably not. But 
you know, I, I would go with Purdue over LSU as far as the upset thing goes. All right, let's do a week in the NFL. You did really well in the NFL last week. You helped me quite a bit. I went three, one, and one. Would have normally made up ground, but Siski went five and zero. Oh, that's some bitch. Jeez, uh, I know. He's he's like ten and zero oh in the last two weeks in the NFL. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. That's hard yeah. to compete with that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Get the Thursday night game. Buffalo is at New England. The the Bills minus three and a half. People will be watching that as they see this in all likelihood. We'll get to the Sunday games. Here's a really good one opening up. Actually, a bunch of pretty good games this week, actually, as I look at it, or at least at the top. The Jets head to Minnesota. The Jets look good lately. They looked really good last week. They're getting three points against a Vikings team that's been a little up and down, although they're 9-2. and two. They look they look really good. But uh, this, is, this is an interesting spot for the Jets, who are starting to play like a playoff team when they get quarterback play. Hey, and Elijah Moore's back from the dead with uh, Zach Wilson out, you know, caught a touchdown, a good game last week. You know, maybe – and I remember last year he did good on the Thursday night game when uh, with Mike White in there in Indy. So, maybe we can see him play well down the stretch. I like Minnesota in this game, having said all that. You know, I think the Mike White – you know, don't get me wrong, the Jets are having a good year. But playing a Bears team that traded Roquan Smith and traded Robert Quinn and can't stop anyone and has Trevor Simeon out there – Let's pump the brakes a little bit here. Uh, the Vikings, did, you know, did just beat New England at home in a really good game. And, I mean, I, I, just, I just feel like people are a little, you know, maybe a little overreacting to this Jets beating the Bears. And I also think Mike White, you know, I, I, I still have more questions than answers there. NFC East uh, game, Commanders head to New York to play the Giants. Washington, a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Giants team that looks like maybe it's hit the wall. Yeah, boy, this line is crazy. I got so lucky on that Thanksgiving game with that Giants touchdown. With eight you did. You did. That was that was that was unreal. Uh, this line is crazy to me, but but I say it's crazy. Vegas has shown no respect to the Giants all year. Every week, it's like a rat line. But still, gosh, two and a half. Uh, man, I, I mean, I'm probably leaning Giants or nothing here. I, this is probably a stay away from me though. Titans head to Philly. The Titans got beat by the Bengals at home. Now they got to go play a Philadelphia team that uh, survived a week ago. Philly giving five and a half to Tennessee. This is like one of those games where, you know, I don't know how Tennessee does it, but they're they're a pain in the ass in games like this when they're an underdog. And, you know, I don't know. Philly's run defense. We'll see if Jordan Davis is back. They're trying to get him back in this week. They need him against Henry bad. Because when he's out, the run defense isn't great. This is also the A.J. Brown redemption game. You know, there's going to be a lot of motions with him against Tennessee because that obviously did not end well. No. No, and there's a lot of bad blood there. But uh, my, my instincts still like Tennessee in the points here a little bit. Okay. Uh, Denver heads to Baltimore. Uh, the Ravens. Ravens. Kind of fading a little, faded a little last week. Uh, Denver offense. Denver offense just doesn't look very good. Doesn't Denver getting eight and a half? It's a big line in Baltimore. Well, I know this is going to just shock everyone, but I like the under again. These Denver unders are just out of control. They don't, they just don't score. Like I don't know what it like. Thirty, like last week it was thirty six in Carolina and went under. I mean, I, I just Denver. You know, you got you got a coach that doesn't have experience. He I mean, most of it's Wilson's fault, but they're not catering the offense around his skills very well either. And uh, they're not going to be able to score. And then on the other side of it, Denver's got a really good defense, and Baltimore's offense kind of looks a little in disarray. So I'm mentally preparing for a 23-7 to Baltimore win here. 
Cleveland was good to me last week. Uh, it was one of the games you liked as well. They, yeah. they had to Houston this week. They're uh, giving seven to a Texans team that looked like it quit a week ago. Lovey Smith, you're going to have to explain to me how he got hired in pro football in 2022. I yeah, I mean, and also that offensive coordinator, Pep Hamilton, was the old Stanford guy and indie guy with Andrew Luck when they weren't using him right. Neither one of those guys should be running a pro football team. And Lovey's a great guy, and I'm not talking about his character. I'm just – covered two schemes 20 years ago, you know. And uh, because of that, I mean, I don't love taking Cleveland lane seven. Obviously, the Sean Watson thing, I mean, it's just such a crazy he, – he's just been practicing with them for like two weeks too. So, I mean, timing and stuff could be bad. You know what? I think I like under 47 here. I just explained it out loud. Because Houston can't move the ball, and I think Watson – the, the Cleveland's offense might not be as good. You know, it, he may still be getting timing and stuff. Yeah, it could be because they looked really good with Brissett. Um, the Jags head to Detroit. Nick Chubb's going to go off in that game, by the way. If you see any player props on him, Houston's got the number 32 run day. Oh, how about that? Uh, Jags head to Detroit. Jags giving a point to the Lions uh, there at uh, Ford Field. My instincts like Detroit here. Like Jacksonville had that big win. Uh, Trevor Lawrence played just spectacular down the stretch, and maybe he's heating up. But Detroit is a home dog. You saw they got their heart tripped out by Buffalo, but played a great game. They'd won three in a row before that. I mean, I, I think I like Detroit here. I don't trust Jacksonville laying points with how young they are on the road. NFC North, the Bears are going to get four and a half at home against a Green Bay team that, nah, whatever. Uh, what do you think about that one? Well, it all depends on the field. I hadn't heard what field. Fields had the separated shoulder miss last week. If he's out, they're dead. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Simeon out there, they traded away all their defense. I mean, they got nothing if Fields is not there. Aren't they, aren't they in their best interest to just say, hey, we're not going to play him hurt? No, why would you play him hurt? His running, I mean, if he's got a separated shoulder, you don't want him running His running and – Use it as an excuse to lose games and get a better draft choice. Yeah, I think Green Bay – I actually still kind of like Green Bay. Not a lot. Uh, laying four and a half is tough. But if Fields is out, I mean, I just what, – what does Chicago have? Pittsburgh heads to Atlanta. The Steelers getting a point in, uh, in Atlanta. I like Atlanta here. Uh, Atlanta's been good at home. You know, we've seen it all year. Uh, they should have won in Washington last week. They threw that interception in the end zone. That game could have gone either way. And I was really glad I had Washington and under, so I was glad to get to the window there. Uh, you know, I know Pittsburgh's playing better, and they won at Indy and all that stuff, but I, I like Atlanta here on the short week. Pretty good. A couple of good games coming up. Here's a good one. The uh, Dolphins head to San Francisco. Uh, Dolphins getting four against Jimmy G and the Niners. This is this is a good game written all over. This is fascinating, too, because this happens in the NFL and college football. you got to analyze the coaching trees a lot. And McDaniel is Shanahan's boy. I mean, he's been on his staff for – He's come up with him like he was on on his staff when he was like an analyst when he was an OC, hopping around the NFL. I mean, Mike McDaniel is Shanahan's guy. And so you've got two teams running really similar playbooks. And, you know, you got to analyze how will that affect the game. You know, is it better to be the teacher or the pupil, et cetera, et cetera. My instincts think that San Francisco's defense is going to slow Miami down a little bit here. I know it's hard to do with two and Waddle, but – I feel like I may look it under, and I kind of think the Niners are the right side here just because of all that. 
I think I agree with a lot of that. Uh, my Seahawks, the team I've ridden all year, they're like six and one for me. Uh, they head to L.A. to play the Rams. Seattle giving seven and a half points. Rams, they just LA. announced Aaron Donald's out. Matthew Stafford's out. Cooper Cup's out. I mean, they, they don't care. I mean, it just is what it is. Like, Seattle's looked bad the last couple of weeks. I know they lost the home OT game to the Raiders, and Josh Jacobs ran for a billion yards, and they lost to Tampa. But – I, I literally think the Rams just – they sacrificed their souls for that Super Bowl, the Odell thing, the Vaughn Miller thing, Whitworth retired, and they're just catching the blowback. And they're – they're I mean, they're probably at peace with it. It's hard to win Super Bowls, but it is. I well, think you, they're done. You get a trophy, it's worth it. Uh, probably the game of the weekend, I think. Uh, Chiefs, Bengals in uh, Cincinnati. These two teams played twice last year. Once in Cincinnati, once in Kansas City. The Bengals won both. Both were great games. Oh, so good. Uh, Jamar Chase, it sounds like, is going to play. Uh, the uh, Bengals getting healthy, and they won without those guys, which I thought spoke so many volumes for uh, Jimmy G. And, I mean, I, no, I'm sorry, Joey Joey B. And, uh, and, and the Bengals. Chiefs giving a point and a half at Cincy. Uh, this big spot for both teams. I, I lean Cincy here as a home dog, especially getting Chase back. You remember the first game last year? Do you remember the Chase 266 and three touchdown? Just one of the craziest wide receiver games in NFL history in that first yeah. game. I think getting him back. Uh, Casey, look, everybody knows how great they are, and I know they lost that AFC championship and they're going to want momentum, but this just kind of feels they're – due, they're due to drop one here, and I think this is the game. And then Cincinnati, you said it on here, Neil. You said last week, you said – you know, people acting like the Ravens have won that division. You know, you said not so fast on it. And, you know, I kind of was saying the Ravens have a weak schedule and, like, kind of stuff. But, I don't know, it seems like Cincinnati's getting it going, getting chased back. It'll be fired up in the stadium. So, I like – you know, I don't like going against my homes, but I like Cincinnati here. If Cincinnati wins this game, they will win the uh, – they will win yeah. the you know. And they get the Ravens at home in the, the bounce-back game. Yeah, they'll – yeah. And they're – Cincinnati's defense is better than people give it credit for. That's that's part of it. Oh, thing. no, it is. That's what got them to the Super Bowl. I mean, no the, the Tannehill three picks, they played well in the Super Bowl. The second – the adjustments they make, the second halves, both both games against the Chiefs last year, the Chiefs scored 28 points in the first half and 21 they, – they went they didn't get the field goal in the, the AFC Championship. But then Cincinnati all but shut them out in two second halves last year. Chargers go to Vegas to play uh, to play the Raiders. Big weekend at Allegiant. They get the uh, they get the Pac-12 championship game. Then they get the NFL game the next night. They got a weekend coming up like that later in December as well. You got the Vegas Bowl on the 17th. They get the Patriots there on the 18th. It's Chargers at the Raiders. Chargers minus a point and a half in Vegas. I kind of like Chargers here. Am I crazy? Man, I, I feel like it's going to be a bang-bang down to the wire game. But the Chargers are getting it going a little bit. Keenan Allen being back is huge for them. They had so many injuries. They, I mean, wow, they scored and went for that two and won in Arizona. I, I, I'm actually kind of taking a little look at the over 50 and a half here. I think this one might get a little wild. I could kind of see it. The Chargers got a lot of people out on defense. Josh, the Raiders could shorten the game. Like the Chargers run D is not great. So they're going to pound Josh Jacobs leading the NFL in rushing right now. Yeah, he's terrific. Uh, so they're going to pound him. But I think the Chargers offense is starting to play well. So I'm kind of thinking this could get wild. And I'm, I'm going to take the over. Uh, we finished Sunday with a big line. It's the Colts at the Cowboys. Dallas giving 11 to Indy. Uh, Jeff Saturday, that coaching job the other night. Woof. Oh, God. Woof. Goodness gracious. Yeah, it's, it, was, it was tough. Uh, 
I just don't see how, like, I mean, it's the only way Indy can compete is Jonathan Taylor because Matt Ryan can't move and Michael Parsons and those Dallas guys flying off the edge. I mean, their passing game's got no chance in this game. 11 is a ton, though. And if Taylor does get, you know, if they get up early and they run the ball and shorten the game, maybe they could stay in it. I mean, I'm taking a long way of saying I'm really not sure. I think, you know what, I'll probably I'll, – under 43-and-a-half sounds good. Okay. It's cold. I just called the Colts. Pittman's the only guy in the passing game that's worth anything. And then the Monday night game, uh, your Saints oh. head to Tampa. Saints getting four against uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Seems like a short line. I'm just taking the under again here, too. I mean, these Saints – remember last year's 10 nothing on Sunday night football. Neither one of these teams can move the ball right now. The Bucks' offense is a mess. The Bucks' offensive line, they that's what's killing them. I mean, you, they lost – like, Marpet, the guard, retired. Alex Caps, the guard, went to Sitsi. Then before the year, Ryan Jensen, their all-pro center, was out for the year. And then last week, Tristan Wirfs, their star right tackle, got hurt. He's out for the year off that weird play when the Cleveland – when the guy jumped. And I don't know, that was a weird deal. But they can't protect Brady. And the Saints can't really move the ball either. So, I mean, I – I mean, I may bet this under kind of, this might be the play of the week. I mean, I, I, I these primetime unders have been flying under all year, too. What's, uh, what's on your agenda this weekend? How can people uh, catch you? I, I mean, you're going to see me all over the SEC Championship week. Yeah, I've never been. Uh, I'm sure social media will, you know, I'm sure people are going to have thoughts with me running around uh, with the ESPN Baton Rouge crew, but that's nothing, nothing, uh, nothing new there. Uh, but I'm excited to get to spend some time with those guys. I had, you know, a lot of great memories. I, a big part of my career, I started going on ESPN Baton Rouge in 2017, and I know I wouldn't be where I am without them. And, you know, I'm excited to get to spend time with those guys. And, you know, I'm going to try to – I'm going to be around like Josh Booty and David Green and a lot of the old SEC legends. So I'm going to try to get some, like, quick one-minute interview clips of those guys and, you know, just see what happens. But uh, I'm excited to go to the SEC Championship for the first time. And I don't know if it's going to be a game. I hope LSU fights and hangs in just so I can be entertained. But, you know, it'll be cool. And uh, looking looking forward to hitting to Atlanta. I'm going to eat some Fox Brothers barbecue, too, while I'm there. I love those guys. Absolutely. Hey, uh, as always, thanks so much for the time. Have a safe trip to Atlanta. Look forward to – we'll take next week off. We'll come back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll do like – like a fun bowl game. We could do like a bowl bonanza or something. Yeah. I'm going to – my plans, I got two weeks left in my New York tenure. I, I'm going to be going back to, you know, I'll be going back south around December 15th. And, you know, I'll be in New Orleans full-time by early 2023. So, I'm I plan on trying to be around Oxford a little more too. Cool. Well, we'll knock something out that uh, that week of the 14th, 15th, somewhere in there before – before I go to Vegas, before you go, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do something. Yeah. Yeah. You're saying Vegas already, huh? <laughs> well, I've got to go. I'm going to Vegas regardless because of the whole road to Boise thing. So if Ole Miss happens to go to Vegas too, that's just bully for me. It works out. Uh, we'll, awesome. find, awesome. we'll find out Saturday night, Sunday officially. So Ben, have, have a good trip. Enjoy the weekend. Talk to you soon. The Oxford Exxon podcast is brought to you by walk on sports bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day. With the taste of Louisiana, dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine, po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers and fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. Go to deadsoxy.com, promo code REBELGROVE. Get the best socks you've ever put on your feet for 25% off. Again, deadsoxy.com. Promo code Rebel Grove. The College Corners, your one-stop Rebel Shop. Two locations in the Jackson area in Ridgeland. It's next to Fleet Feet and Flowood. It's next to Half Shell. 
You can also go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can visit them on Facebook and Instagram. They have the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. We're also brought to you by The Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson, or therogue.com. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern, 662-429-4429. A-Stock Auctions is a Nashville-based online auction company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items at A-Stock start at just a dollar. That's right. Every item starts at just one dollar. Shop now at astock.bid or download their app. Name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. A-Stock Auctions has multiple locations around Nashville that offer local pickups. So don't miss out. If you want it, bid it, win it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, brought to you by Solutions RX. It's a probiotic multivitamin supplement company created by Ole Miss Pharmacy alum Chris Cornelison. It's pharmaceutical grade, manufactured right here inside the U.S. Under the highest standards based out of Iuka, Mississippi, if you take diabetes, high blood pressure, or cholesterol medications, you know those typically cause some side effects, muscle pain, brain fog, energy loss. It's just due to a depletion of minerals and vitamins in the body. Chris formulated a product called Prescription Support, puts those vitamins back into your body, helps with those side effects, helps you stay compliant, uh, taking your medications keeps you healthier over the long term. It's solutionsrx.com. Type in promo code OEP at checkout. Get 10% off your first 
order. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS is owned and operated by my friend Clay McNutt in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. ACS has a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. To learn more, go to ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. We're brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons at 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford has been serving the Oxford area for almost 75 years. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, you name it, they're the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. And we're brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Madison, Mississippi, but they have clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. To learn more, go to MyPinWealth.com. M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. That was uh, Ben Mintz. As always, thanks to his for his time each and every week. He's been awesome uh, all season. Uh, been a segment that we've done literally every single week of the year. <clears throat> Full disclosure, I don't pay Ben anything. I don't think he'd take it if I offered it. Um, he's just fantastic with his time, though. Super happy for his success. Moving back to New Orleans here in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. So that'll be fun for him and be good for us. We'll get to see him more. So what I'm going to do is I've got our Skype thing fixed. I'm going to open up the phone lines. I need to put that number up where uh, you guys can see it. I don't have it here. I don't believe. I need to write it down for myself so I can see it. Um, I'll take open that up. I'll take your calls if you have any for a little while, and then uh, we'll call it a night. Again, working on some uh, really cool things that I think you guys are going to be super excited about. In fact, I was talking to the guys at Vault Entertainment just a little while ago as uh, Ben was, that was obviously pre-recorded yesterday, so I was talking to those guys during that 40 minutes or so, and um, I think it's going to look really good. They're going to really help us get started and until we learn it. We're going to get some tutorials ne- late next week and uh, that kind of thing. So it should be um, it should be a whole lot of fun. So I'm about to put an overlay in here so you guys can uh, can see it. Nothing wants to work for me today. Nothing wants to be easy. I've I've, I've learned that. I'm just going to put the number up. I'm going to keep this super simple today. Um, there's no point in making it more complicated than it is. This might be the last time we work with uh, with with Skype. We're going to be using a uh, a Google Google provider here. Uh, it's going to be a much more efficient way. There's the number if you want to call it. Take your calls. A little bit here uh, on the show and. Uh, you want to call i'll take your calls if you have questions you want to talk about something want to yell at me whatever the case may be we'll take uh, we'll do that for a little bit and then um i'm going to head out to lafayette high school oxford and lafayette boys soccer tonight at seven uh carson came in all excited about soccer uh, germany apparently got eliminated hey who do we have 
Hey, Neil, this is Austin. Hey, Austin, what's up, man? Man, man, pretty good. Uh, I've been thoroughly entertained all day. I gotta admit, Tyler, it's just get us probably. I know you wouldn't say this. It was probably my favorite show of the week. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was not my. Today, but, uh, it was not my favorite it. show of the week. But but I'm glad that somebody enjoyed it. Man, it was great. Hey, uh, I got a quick football guys question to ask you. All right. So I asked, I asked Tyler. I, I didn't get your opinion. I kind of want, I kind of want to kind of get your mind right. So let's say with with what happened today with the the playoff expansion coming out. Let's say that in this off season we have some more conference realignment stuff that drops. Now, if the football guys came down and told you that the SEC were to add four teams or, and make it a 20-team slate going in 24, in your opinion, who would you think those four would be? If the mm. football guys said there's going to be four, but we're not going to tell you who those four would be, who would be your four guesses? All right, let me, think th- let me think through this because USC and UCLA are off the table. Um <sighs> My guess is they would go for brands, um, yet I don't. I think at the same time they would be aware of footprint. If you told me they expanded by four, the first two that immediately come to mind are North Carolina and Virginia. Uh, I would be shocked if it weren't those two in the mix. Um, after that, ooh. See, I don't think it's Miami. I don't think it's Florida State. I don't think it's Clemson. I know other people disagree, but I, I'm I'm pretty sourced on this. Um, it would be North Carolina and Virginia, and I think they would entertain if they could do it. Now, assuming they couldn't get Notre Dame, I think they would entertain the whole Oregon-Washington thing, as crazy as that is. Um, I don't think it would go that route. Uh, I think they would entertain the idea of Kansas because of what it would help for basketball and the fact that, that it expands the footprint even more. It would be Kansas would be a friendly addition for Oklahoma, for Arkansas, for Missouri. It would give Missouri a, a natural rivalry game. People forget that. Missouri sort of feels like an outlier. But Missouri's in the league, so the SEC right. has to do something to protect it. Kansas and Missouri have a, a big rivalry. It would give them a football game they could play in late November. It would be a big basketball rivalry that I don't think those of us – like, where are you calling from, Austin? I'm calling from Tupelo. Okay, you, you and I are in the same boat. You know, I grew up in Louisiana. I live in Mississippi. I don't think we understand how big of a rivalry Kansas-Missouri basketball is. If you made that a league – I remember watching it as a kid. It was, it was a big deal. Yeah, if you make that a league game – Twice a year, that would be the kind of thing that you know even the networks would jump on because they would get good numbers on that. So I guess for the sake of your of your of your question, I'll go North Carolina, Virginia, Kansas, and um, I'm struggling. Arizona State, really. I mean, those are the names you kind of hear. I don't think they'd add Virginia and Virginia Tech. Maybe they would add, if if what it took to get North Carolina was adding NC State or Duke, they would do that. They really want, the SEC would really love to add North Carolina. 
I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, to, really the, point, to the point where... I would if, just love to watch them and Ole Miss play each other. Yeah, to the point where if what it took to get North Carolina and Virginia was adding NC State and Duke, those would be your four. See, I, I would love that because of what it means for basketball, but Duke is a pretty good school. I mean, I, I mean don't get me wrong. They, everybody says they're the Vanderbilt of the ACC, and they're not, the, no offense to Vanderbilt, they're not the Vanderbilt of the ACC. At least no. they try. Yeah, they try. And look, here's the question, right? Is that what does basketball mean to the TV contract? And I don't know the answer to that. That's not a rhetorical question. It's a real question. Like if I were sitting down with the the people at ESPN slash Disney and I was in a room with the SEC people and they said, hey, what, what, what questions do you have? That would be one of them. What does basketball mean to this? I know it's a football deal. It's a totally a football decision. <clears throat> It has nothing to do with softball or baseball or women's basketball. But men's basketball factors in, but how much? Like, what is it worth to you from a TV contract standpoint in a league where you already have Kentucky and you, you know, out of that group of, you know, Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, usually out of that group, LSU, out of that group, you usually have two pretty good teams a year, right? If you add a perennial power in North Carolina and a perennial power in Duke, what is that worth? Like monetarily, what is that worth? Knowing that Duke, from a football standpoint, is worthless. What is, what, is the, what is their basketball program worth to you from a TV contract? I don't know the answer to that. I'd love to know, but I have no idea. Well, I definitely think it's worth a little bit come March time, personally. Oh, I agree, but I agree with you. I'd love to know. Yeah, it is for March, and it probably is for like February, but is those two months, is that enough? Does that make up for having to put Duke, you know, when Duke plays Mississippi State in football? Like, woof, right? Is that worth it mm-hmm. to have to put that game on, on one of your networks? Is when Duke plays Missouri in football, when Duke plays Arkansas in football, those games do nothing nationally. Uh, is homeboy, it, from, home, homeboy from Dubuque, Iowa's not watching that. No, game. he's not watching, you know, Duke and Arkansas in Durham. Is he watching that? No, he's not. He's not, he's not even thinking about it. So what is that worth? Now, in, but you're right, in basketball season, let's take the same game, right? We just said Duke and Arkansas. Football, that's a wolf game. Duke, Arkansas, and basketball? My guy in Dubuque, Sign me up. My guy in Dubuque might be signed up for that. I mean – so I don't know. What is that so what is that worth? And I don't know the answer. I'd love to know. But I'll tell you this. But I'll tell you this, Austin. If you're Duke right now and you look at the money that the Big Ten's about to get, that the SEC's about to get, privately, publicly you go, Oh no, we love the ACC, blah, blah, blah. But but privately, privately, someone in that room goes, Boy, if we could get in one of those leagues. One of those leagues. And I think Duke would prefer the Big Ten for the academics and all that stuff. But if you told them, nope, you can't get in there, but you can get in the SEC, you can ride with North Carolina, I think they'd jump. This is, this is, just, this is just random, but since we're on the topic, and I, I won't keep you much longer because I know you've got to be heading off. By the way, stay warm out there tonight. It's really cold. Um, so is it just me or does it feel like it's only a matter of time until the Big Ten tries to – like get their footprint in the southeast, and they go after guys like Miami and Georgia Tech, North Carolina. Like, like, am I am I crazy for thinking that? No, you're not crazy. They they've they're really powerful right now. I mean, they're obviously all their focus is on Notre Dame if they can add them, and then their focus is on. You know, I think they're trying to decide what to do about Oregon and Washington. But yeah, look, you know, North Carolina wants in the Big Ten. 
if the Big Ten offered North Carolina a, a hand right now, they'd take it. They just have to decide, you know, and the TV people at the, at, at, with Fox have to decide what is North Carolina worth. When you cut off another piece of the pie, when you make another piece of pie in this case, what is, what is North Carolina worth? And so these next three or four years, when the playoffs expand to 24 and we get a better idea of what the valuation is on, on these games, you know, what, are the playoff, what, what is it worth to make a playoff game? Um, if you're in the ACC or you're in the Big 12, can you get two playoff bids? My guess is you can't. You can only get one. And so when the SEC is getting five bids and the Big Ten's getting four bids or vice versa, I think the pressure to get in one of those leagues so that you can get into the playoff is going to be immense. I mean, I mean, I, I would, I would, if I'm, if I'm home raised guy in the room, like you guys like to say, I'm jumping at the opportunity if I get it. Oh, no question. No question. I mean, if it's real and you can get in without having to pay some exorbitant exit fee that you can't afford, sure. And, and look, at some point, if you told me that enough ACC schools banded together and said, all right, you guys are going here and you guys are going here, we're going to disband this enough together to where we, none of us have to pay an exit fee, I'd buy it. I could too because I think I think it's just a matter of time until that happens, honestly. Yeah, I, I do well, too. I, well, I appreciate it. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, go ahead. My bad. No, that, right. that was it. I was just going <laughs> to say I, I think the exact same thing. Well, man, thanks for taking my call, and uh, man, I hope you enjoy watching the boy today. I hope, he, hope the Chargers win. I appreciate that. Thank you very much, Austin. Appreciate the call. Have a good one, man. All right. Uh, we had a bunch of calls. I'll put the number back up here on the uh, on the. Side. Hey, who do we have? What's up, man? It's Bob. Hey, Bob, and what's up, my man? Nothing much. Uh, about to head to the liquor store and pick me up. Not Cathead. They don't. They still don't have any Cathead at this liquor shack by my house. Oh, that's no good. I'm, it's it's no bueno. No bueno. Honestly, at I can tell last time I had some Cathead. Uh, y'all doing this a little early, huh? Today? Yeah. I didn't even notice it was happening until the alert on my YouTube feed. Yeah, no, I'm going early because uh, Car- Oxford and Lafayette play soccer at seven tonight, and. Um, I want to, I want to go to the game. I've missed I missed all their games and they went down to the Gulf uh down to the beach, I should say. They played Gulfport and Ocean Springs, two of the top teams in the state and um beat them both. Yeah, Ocean Springs is really good at soccer, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, Ocean Springs is really good at soccer and Oxford beat them and uh Gulfport's really good at soccer and Oxford beat them and uh Carson came back super excited. That was the weekend that Ole Miss played uh football in Fayetteville and I was busy with all the stuff and I didn't see it, and uh, I didn't go, obviously, because of work, and I just kind of wanted to go tonight. They they had a game a couple weeks ago where they got the pants beat off of them by uh, Lewisburg, and they had one of those, like, kind of team meeting deals, kind of come-to-Jesus team meeting meals. And Closed-door meeting. A little bell. They just did it. It was pretty obvious. Like, hey, if we play like this the whole year, this selfishly, we're going to get our asses kicked all year, and it seemed to resonate. They've they've won since, and so I, I'm curious to see them tonight. And then, of course, like I said earlier, not to get sappy, but in three years when these games are over and I don't get to watch him play anymore, I'm going to miss it. So I I don't want to. I don't. One hundred percent. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to miss games if I if I can help it. Yeah, I got you. Uh, how was the interview with Cole? By the way, I, ha- I haven't tuned in. <laughs> it was it was good. We had we had a lot of technical issues because the people at Skype. 
suspended our account for reasons that they can't explain to me. Uh, that's that's kind of odd. That was kind of odd that they suspended us today for no particular reason, and they couldn't explain it. They referred me to their fair and equitable usage policy, which I don't know what that is. But uh, but we've, <laughs> we've been obviously been restored uh, after I complained. and um, But we got it. Cole was, Cole was fine. Look, I didn't hear the broadcast. It's hard for me to comment on something I didn't hear. I, I was too drunk to remember it. His his but. his deal was, you know, at forty two to six, you can't keep talking about football, and I get it. I get no, it. I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I you get know? that. I mean, I get it. If you're a Florida fan, right? You're not an Arkansas fan. You're not an Ole Miss fan. You're a Florida fan. At forty two to six, you're flipping. If you're sitting around talking about blocking schemes, I mean, at some point, you got to talk about something that's going to keep the ear, the, the eyeballs on, and the ears listening, and. The whole Kiffin thing was probably the place to go, and that's where they went. And I, I, I mean, in their defense, it was very real. I mean, look, I wasn't happy. They apparently they deep dived into it, was talking about oh how Auburn would be a great fit, and he could take some players from all this. I don't, I didn't hear any of that. I heard he said that, but yeah, I didn't like hear it firsthand. And, and look, I, I don't fault Ole Miss fans for being pissed off about that. Like, I mean, you know. I'm, good God, could you imagine if someone did that to Auburn or oh. LSU or one of those fan bases? Jesus. Oh, sure. But look, here's the thing. I, I, I was in Fayetteville that weekend. I went up to see the girls and covered the game. and I spent the majority of my Saturday in a hotel room working on my computer for a reason. I mean, there was a reason I did. I mean, I thought it was over by Monday. I thought it was over that following Monday. I thought he was gone. Yeah, I did too. And I think Cole and those guys, the information that they had, and to say that to say that Cole Kubelik is not sourced with Auburn would be silly. And to say that, you know, Tom Hart and Jordan Rogers don't at least have some contacts after all of this travel in the SEC would be pretty naive. And I think they believed, based on their information, that it was likely – I certainly did last that that Saturday, the Saturday of the Arkansas game. I I thought I thought it was likely that Lane Kiffin was leaving for for Auburn on Monday. I was, I mean, I, if you'd asked me on Monday to put odds on it, I would have been ninety percent. And then the whole thing happened with Sokoloff, and um, you know, I know John. I have an idea where his sourcing was, and um. I also have an idea of what that story did to the process. I think it created some doubt for Lane Kiffin. I think it pissed Lane, it clearly pissed Lane Kiffin off. And I think Lane took out his anger at Auburn on John. That's my opinion. I could be completely wrong. But I think that story. Do you think Auburn pulled out or do you think Lane said no? I think, Lane, I think Auburn pulled out. I think Lane said no. You think, oh, wow. You think Lane said no? I do. I think Lane turned Auburn down on Friday. That's that's crazy. I do. I thought it was the other way around. I don't. I don't know why Auburn would pull out. I just. I kind of assumed they. No, you know, I, I think said, nah, we're good. We're gonna go another way. No, I think they wanted Lane Kiffin. I think they gave Lane Kiffin every opportunity to take the job, and he didn't take it. Um, well, I, I think there was a, me... there was a shift. And... There was a shift on Wednesday afternoon. On Tuesday, I can tell you this, without getting into sourcing and crap and burning people, 
On Tuesday in Oxford, forget Auburn sourcing. Everybody keeps talking about Auburn sourcing. On Tuesday in Oxford, people close to Ole Miss thought he was gone. No. And on Wednesday, there was a there was a palpable shift. Stuff for me, I started hearing the Luke Fickle stuff like Tuesday morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the problem that was real, but the problem Ole Miss and Auburn and anybody else had with Fickle was that quietly, and give credit to Wisconsin, privately Wisconsin had gone far down the road with Fickle without anyone knowing it, other than uh, Amy Fickle, Luke's wife, had taken a trip to Madison to check things out. That was yeah. I just saw that today. I didn't know all that because I mean they fired. Chris, what, like four weeks into the season? Yeah, and they hired Jim Leonard as the interim coach, and he was super popular, and there was an assumption that he would get the job, and um, they they just kind of stayed super quiet, and they stayed stealth, and once Cincinnati lost to Tulane, which was probably the greatest result Wisconsin saw all year, once that happened, they moved very quickly. Which he'll do well at Wisconsin. I think he'll do a great job. He would do well at, I think, at Stony Brook. Honestly, I think he could do – I think Tyler shared the same sentiment. I think Luke Fickle would do awesome at just about any SEC school. Honestly, I think he's just that solid of a coach. Yeah, he's he runs a phenomenal organization. If you get around people who ever encountered them, uh, they'll talk about how organized they are, how impressive they are, and that's that's all about Fickle. And yeah, he'll he'll do a great job at Wisconsin. He would have done a great job at. Uh, Ole Miss or Auburn or anywhere else that he'd been. He learned a lot last year. He, he wanted that Notre Dame job. He, he didn't feel like he could take it with his team in the playoff. And uh, a year later, I think he just said, hey, I can't I can't keep turning jobs down. I'm 49. i got to make a move. And for him, Wisconsin's a great move. I mean, it's in the Big Ten. It's in the Midwest. Yeah. All of his roots are there. He'll the, the Badgers will be a force. Yeah, which – Kind of brings me to one of my points, and I feel like I'm just wasting my time. Are we? Well, publicly, it's not going to happen. I feel like some people at the university are owed an apology, if not an acknowledgement. And I don't think they're going to get either of those things from Lane about the shit show that was like the last three weeks of a regular season. Because it kind of was a shit show. It felt like one. Yeah, no, it was totally, it was totally that. I mean, it was, it was, um, it wasn't. Look, here's the thing, and I've said this so many times. If Lane Kiffin had known three weeks ago that he was staying, if you, if you, there's this group of people that are out there, and I'm not criticizing them because I can't sit here and emphatically tell them that they're wrong. I think they're wrong, but the people that say, "Well, Lane never considered the Auburn job." Well, if Lane never but if if that's true, but if that's true, then he handled this even worse than people are giving him credit for. If he never considered the Auburn job and he allowed the last two and a half weeks to sort of unravel the way that they did, that's remarkably poor judgment on his part. Um, I don't believe that. I I think Lane was torn, and I think he didn't know what he wanted to do, and. Look, next year, if something look, let's say Ole Miss gets off to a hot start, let's say Texas A and M gets off to another terrible start, and, oh God. and and Jimbo gets let go in the middle of the season, and that rumor starts, Lane's got to handle it differently. I mean, he's got. But man, I feel like they could have a 
borderline great. I mean, I thought this team was really solid, but I think if they recruit right and hit the portal right, they could have a great team next year. But the past month has given me some doubt if he can handle the noise while running a successful program. It comes to stuff like that. Well, I'd be like this warranted. Yeah, no, I think it's more than fair. And I, I, there are people at Ole Miss that feel that way, too. I can tell you that, that, that there, there will be less tolerance on their part regarding – Well, the worst person I felt for through this entire thing was Keith Carter because I feel like he was just getting beaten to death. Why didn't Keith say anything? I was like, well, what do you all want him to say? Yeah, he, he was in a tough spot because, you know, there's pressure on him to do what he can to keep Lane, and he did. And then at the same time, it's out of his control. Because at the end of the day, if Lane had wanted to take the job, there was nothing he could do to stop him. So yeah. you know, they've done a new contract, and they've you know raised the buyout a little bit. But the buyout's not going to be prohibitive because Jimmy Sexton would never allow one of his clients to sign a contract with a prohibitive buyout. But it's enough of a buyout that you could move on. And look, the one thing that you're all Miss that you learn from this is that and I'm sure they were, but now that they know, hey, you have to be uber prepared. You've got to be totally ready to go in the event that your coach leaves. You've got to be ready to move on. Here's the good news for Ole Miss is that a couple of young coaches out there that would be potential candidates will be a year older, and they'll have another year of experience. And you get to if – you're, if you're Keith after this, and I'm sure he already was doing this, but now you're doing this earnestly – now yeah you're, yeah you're really keeping an eye on the landscape i mean you're you're ready to move at a moment's notice if it comes to that and if it doesn't come to that and lane stays five years and keeps winning well then you know bully for Ole miss but but if you're keith i, I don't i think you have to operate now from the assumption of okay he's going to leave sooner rather than later and i've got to be ready to go and if i'm wrong i'm it's better to be prepared Good. yeah better to be prepared yeah. and not have to do anything that's like us. People are like making people are making fun of us that we had all this content ready and I was like, "Man, are you kidding?" I mean, we had to be prepared. I mean, if the worst thing we could have been is, "Okay, he leaves and we're like, "Okay, well, we're caught with our pants down." No, we were ready to go. I mean, if he'd left, we're going to have a front page full of content. Yeah, 100%. One last thing. I was kind of disappointed with the freeze press conference. I wanted it to be more explosive. I know Auburn media wasn't going to let that happen, but did you watch it? Because I did, and I was kind of excited. I was like, I hope he said something stupid. I saw some of it. I didn't watch all of it. I watched the beginning of it, and then I had somewhere to go, and I've I've subsequently watched a little of it with some of his answers. And uh, He was very prepared. Um, He obviously had had some media coaching on what to say and how to answer certain questions, and Miss Terry and Mr. Nick and whatnot. All that crap, yeah. I mean, well, Well, it really cracked me up because after he said that, I was like, I know somewhere in that room there's a Emma Homer guy for AL.com that wants to be like, hey, coach, how much did y'all pay Bo Scarborough? And he ended up in Alabama. Yeah, you know, I just told, in the back of my head. Yeah, and that's there was there were there were Auburn people throughout that were like, well, he cheated at Ole Miss, and I would tell them, oh my God, stop. I mean. I always would say this, if, if if Hugh cheated as much as people accuse Hugh of cheating, they would have been better at Ole Miss. Now, don't get me wrong, Hugh would have cheated like that if he had the money to do it. He just didn't have it. Chris Jones would have been playing for Ole Miss. Bingo. Jeffrey Simmons would have been playing for Ole Miss. If Ole Miss could have beaten those offers, they'd have had them. 
No question. Oh, 100%. Carl I'll, never, Lawson, I'll never forget the morning of National Signing Day when A.J. Brown signed with Ole Miss. All of a sudden, they were like, uh, we sh- they think they're going to get Simmons, whereas the weekend before, it was like, oh, they're getting Jeffrey Simmons. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, all the money, yeah, all the money that would have gone to A.J. went to Simmons. I'm curious to see what kind of staff he puts together. Because um, I feel like Auburn could help him out with that a lot, but I don't know. That, uh, that relies on Hugh letting Auburn put that together for him. Yeah, he has to let them do it, and um... – We'll see. I mean, we're going to see a lot of things. Like, is he going to really relinquish play calling? Is he? What's he going to do? You know, is he going to relinquish his Twitter? You know, well, he better do. That. <laughs> I, no matter what he says, I have a suspicion that that. As much as I'm not crazy about Pat Forty, Pat didn't make that up. Um, that that was Pat's too good of a journalist to make that up. He he had that. Oh, was Pat the one that reported that yeah. that was in the contract or yeah, something like that? Yeah. So he he didn't. Pat didn't make that up. He 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 had he had, no. he had quality sourcing on that. You can bet on it. Yeah, but all right, man. Appreciate it. Uh, right, go Bobby. Chargers. Thank you, man. Bye. All right, thank you. I'll put the number back up. If anybody wants to call, there it is six six two two five nine eight five six three. Here on this uh, Thursday night again, we'll make this the uh, Friday morning Oxford Exxon podcast. And we'll be back on uh, on Monday with another week of podcast. Not sure about next Thursday night, but not because of any scheduling things. Mostly because we're going to be uh, switching studios and updating equipment and all of those things. Hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Gage from the Arctic Outpost, otherwise known as Boise, Idaho. What's up, Gage? How you doing? Man, I'm... Uh... I'm I'm excited about Boise. I'm a little worried about the cold, but I've heard that Boise's really cool. I've done a little research, and it looks like there's like a lot of bars and restaurants and stuff that look pretty cool, and it looks like it's gorgeous yeah. up there. Yeah, Boise's super cool. I'm actually from Chicago originally, moved here about five years ago, and it's been a, a move for the better, for sure. Oh, cool. Um, how cold is it? Well, actually, it's uh, snowing today. The uh, local dealers have got a foot of snow, so just just in time for the ice to arrive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it won't be that bad. This winter is really not as bad as people think they are. It's, um, Chicago's much colder. Okay. But, um, yeah. Because Chicago has that wind off the lake, man, that'll just absolutely get into your bones. Yeah, it kind of cuts you in two, especially when you're walking down those uh, the streets uh, and, and the skyscrapers on the other side of you. And, yeah, I'm guessing Boise yeah, so, uh, the wind is not as bad. What's that? I'm okay. guessing that in Boise the wind is not as bad. No, it's, it's not at all. And also, Boise is actually a high plains desert, so it's really dry, um, except for, you know, maybe a couple months in the winter. It really doesn't rain here in the summer at all. Any places that we just absolutely have to hit? I was thinking about where are you guys staying? Uh, we're staying at um, 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 it's in downtown. It's a uh, mm-hmm. oh, let me see if I can find it. Hold on. You think I'd know this? Cause yeah, because it's kind of like a moon kind of bar restaurant strip. Um, but there's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of fun places to go to. Yeah, I'm looking. Hold on. Um, yeah. My buddy John Roberts with, uh, there you go. There it is. 
Um, let's see. I've got it right here. got our itinerary. We are staying in Boise at the Spring Hill Boise, the one downtown on... Um, right. Let's see. I got, I got the address right here. It's at 424 East Park Center Boulevard. Okay, so you're actually a little bit away from downtown, so you're going to have to catch an Uber or drive yourself to quote-unquote downtown Boise. Okay. It's not that far. It's like okay. a fact that you're actually about two minutes from where I live. Um, okay. Yeah, there's, I mean, 8th uh, Street is great. There's, there's a bunch of places you insisted to hit up. Um, and then... You actually kept a walking distance to the uh, to the stadium. So. Oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, well, I'll probably yeah, be, I'll yeah, be so be frozen right. by the end of it that someone will have to like carry me. But <laughs> Tyler keeps trying to. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's it's funny about Tyler as 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 he builds his lead. The bet sort of changes. The bet goes from yeah, just no jacket, no sweatshirt to just a t-shirt or shirtless. And now he's like, let's just do body paint. I'm like, you 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 know you weren't asking for this when you were losing. But now, all of a sudden, when you're winning, you're wanting to change the game. Yeah, you should probably paint yourself the same color as the turf. I think that would, you know, really tie tie it all together. Yeah, well, I think if I stand out there with just a t-shirt for four hours, I will be the same color as the turf. Nice, very nice. Uh, cool. Well, I just want to call say hello. Boise is looking forward to the arrival of McCready and Siski. Yeah, well, you, and, I think you, <laughs> I gave you my number, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll shoot you. I'll, I'll ping you at the uh, before we grab a drink. Yeah, that'd be great. I look forward to it, Gage. Cool. Sounds good. Have a good All one. Right, Gage, thanks. Yep. The Oxford Exxon Podcast also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. We've <clears throat> been talking about John for a long time. You guys know how this works. Get in touch with John. Give him some parameters. And uh, give him a budget. He will come up with options to make your special trip one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Oxford's newest Greece, Oxford's new Greek restaurant on the square, I should say. It's the perfect place to plan your Christmas party featuring fabulous food and craft libations. Let OPA host your company dinner or festive party event. They can accommodate up to 200 guests for catering or booking information. Contact Jeannie, 601 601- 421-7147. Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors is serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573, 662-842-3844. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, whether you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, they've got opportunities across the board. Also, if your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you as well. It's always free for the candidate, and payment of service is solely contingent on if your company decides to hire a candidate that service specialist sends. So you've got nothing to lose. Give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward, chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way 
to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today. Get a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile. 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. Pinpoint Commercial Real Estate, um, based out of Jackson, serves the entire state in all commercial asset classes, such as industrial, retail, office, medical, and land. B.B. Mitchell with Pinpoint provides a plethora of commercial real estate services, but his core focus is sourcing investment properties for his clients. B.B. advises clients looking to acquire income-producing property with all risk tolerance levels ranging from vacant buildings to investment-grade stabilized assets. Pinpoint sets itself apart with its ability to source off-market opportunities for its investor clients, which maximizes returns. Pinpoint takes pride in its attention to detail, professionalism, and hard work. For all your commercial real estate needs, call B.B. at 601-934-5008. Are you a displaced corporate executive or wanting to put your career in your own hands? Or are you an experienced entrepreneur wanting to diversify? Well, Andy Ledecky can help you. Andy's a longtime Rivals board member, a diehard college football fan, and a franchise veteran. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. Call Andy. Put your life and career in your own hands. It's 100% free. So you have nothing to lose. Find your perfect franchise at myperfectfranchise.net. And you can contact Andy Ledecky anytime at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or 404-973-9901. That was Gage from uh, Boise, Idaho. Looking forward to getting up there. It looks beautiful. It looks like a really cool town. Um, I've never been to Idaho. but kind of always wanted to go. So I'm pretty excited about it, actually. that Not excited about freezing my ass off at a what looks to be a fairly boring bowl game, but um, my strategy is just to keep moving. I'm not going to sit still. I'm just going to start, I'm going to find places to walk and just walk and go back and forth and try to stay quasi active. So my blood pumps so that I stay somewhat warm uh, as I pay my punishment. And I don't think it's cheating to wear a t-shirt underneath the t-shirt. I don't think it's cheating to have sleeves on. I, I just, other people disagree, but I'm, I'm convinced that's not cheating. All right, there's the number uh, if anybody wants to call. Again, 662-259-8563. Um, big news in uh, college football yesterday was the 12-team playoff. There's been a lot of pushback today, kind of from the traditionalist, about what this is going to mean in terms of opt-outs and what this is going to mean in terms of um, – the regular season. I think it's a good thing in today's modern college football with NIL and um, what is essentially pay for play and the transfer portal. I I just think the 12 team playoff is, is the best idea. I don't think there's any such thing as perfect. There's a lot of unintended consequences that have come as a result of, um, you know, adding the transfer portal, adding, uh, NIL at the same time, all of those things happened in, in one fell swoop. And it shouldn't be surprising that there, like I said, unintended consequences to that. But I think it's a good thing. It's better than this four-team playoff where you, every other game is meaningless. You'll have more meaningful games. Is there going to come a point where a high-profile player opts out of a playoff game? I guess that's conceivable. But I'll be honest, I think it's far less likely than there is a high-profile player like, say, Bryce Young this year, if Alabama ends up in the Sugar Bowl, 
which is not a playoff game. 10-2, and two, Alabama ends up in the Sugar Bowl. The game is meaningless from a championship standpoint. There's no championship to be won. What's in it for Bryce Young to play? Not as much. If Alabama, if there were a 12-team playoff, Alabama would make the 12-team playoff. What are the odds of Bryce Young opting out of a first-round playoff game? Very, very slim because he's playing for a title. He's playing for something that would be part of his legacy for posterity. And so I think if you have more meaningful games, the odds are more guys will, will stay in and play. And meaning less games, it's more incentive for guys to not play. It's hard to fault somebody for not playing in a game that is meaningless, especially if your professional potential is <clears throat> potentially you know at risk. If you're getting ready for the, the combine in, in a month, um, you know, this is a vitally important time for guys that are going into the draft starting basically now all the way to April. This is a huge, important time in their lives. So I understand it. So if, if the games don't mean anything, why play? And, but if, if the games are playoff games, those games are meaningful and guys are, I think, most of those guys, almost overwhelming majority, if not all of those guys, are going to want to stay and play for their teammates and play for their legacy and play for an opportunity to win a championship. It's that simple. So I think it's a good thing. And the other part about the 12-team playoff is that it makes more regular season games meaningful. Does it make some regular season games meaningless? Yes, it does. Like In a scenario, for example, where the Iron Bowl is 11-0 Alabama, and 11-0 and Auburn. Is that game meaningful from a championship standpoint? No, it's not. Is it possible that coaches would go, hey, we're in the playoff no matter what. Um, we need to rest guys, make sure that we, you know, you have a guy that's maybe questionable that you would normally play and you got, we're not going to play him. Could that happen? Sure. But what it also does for every one of those games, there's going to be three or four games that would otherwise be meaningless that suddenly have a ton of meaning. Because the goal will be for a lot of teams to make the playoff. And at 12 teams, it's much easier to make it. There's more teams, obviously, that are going to make it than a four-team playoff. And so those games become more meaningful. Um, simple as that. Look at Ole Miss the last two weeks. Those, would be, those games against Arkansas and Mississippi State, which were basically meaningless once that Ole Miss lost to Alabama, and LSU beat Arkansas that day, those games would suddenly be meaningful. Hey, who do we have? Hey, hey who's this? This is Zach from Memphis. How you doing? Hey, Zach, I'm good. How are you? Got a quick question, kind of changing topics a little bit, but uh, the NIL, was it actually designed to be the way that it's set up now with these universities having funds and collective groups? No. Doing it this way? No. I mean, I, I thought... My understanding was it was the player to go out there and to basically get rewarded for their name, image, and likeness. Not a bidding war for these universities. Am I wrong? No, you're exactly right. It was never meant to be this. But this was one of, this was one of the unintended consequences of doing this as fast as it was done. This was the NCAA two thing. I mean, I'm all for it, too, for the players who make money. But I, I'm, I'm a little – I don't see how this can keep up at this rate. Um, I, look, I think it's a turnoff to fans. If everybody well, can be, I mean, it's, it's requiring us to pay more money for us to go see a good product. Well, not only that, though, I mean, but, it, not only that, but, but, but play along for a minute, right? I'm a, I'm a major league baseball fan, so I, I like, uh, I'm, I'm an NBA fan. 
So I, I like, you know, in the NBA, I like following, like, for example, you know, like the, the Thunder's a bad team, but they have some good young players, and they're starting to win some games, and they have some a lot, all these picks and stuff. But if at the end of every single year, all of these young players could opt out and go to a different market, I'd be less invested than I am now watching the development of Shea Gorgeous Alexander and Lou Dort. And I mean, how, how can a coach even look at his roster and say, I'm trying to build for the future when literally well, at can't. any moment every year, he I can't. mean, it's gone. Well, Tyler was talking about it, and I know who he's talking about, but I won't, I won't reveal it because I'm not supposed to. And there's an FCS coach uh, that he knows that is uh, preparing for an FCS playoff game this weekend on, on campus, a home game. Mm. And he, instead of getting ready for the game today, he spent the day on Thursday, he spent the day talking to eight different players who were talking about getting into the portal. Well, why are they talking about getting into the portal? Because they're being tampered with, right? And so, yes. you know, is that, is that good for the sport? Probably not. It, is it is it good for that coach who's coaching a big game for his career? Nope. Now, on the, on the flip side, you go, hey, those players are good. That's the reason that team is good. And so FBS teams around them are uh, trying to poach those players starting Monday. And no, and even before that. Yeah, yeah, well, I always refer to it as the tampering portal. We're in the tampering portal right now. Like, Ole Miss, for example, I promise you, Ole Miss is having its roster tampered with, and Ole Miss is tampering with other rosters. It is absolutely happening. So, you know, but no, to answer your original question, was this the the intent? No, of course not. No, absolutely. Well, and I, I've been I've been thinking about it for weeks now, and I and I'm trying to come up with an answer. How do you correct this? You and I don't see how you can. You can't. It's too late. Um, it's too late. But the only other question I have is, how is it that the universities? Because my the initial rule when it came out was not for the universities to be involved. In right. my that's the way I read it. But now these universities are actually forming these collectives, forming these groups. Which you know you got to keep up with the Joneses. I get it. I'm not. Not mad at all this for forming the collective, but how is it that these universities are even a part of this? Because it takes away the whole NIL capture. I mean, it's not even it's not play. these players going out and benefiting off of their name, image, and likeness. It's just a bidding war for them to come there. Well, like I did the show with Davis and Igbenosin this year. Still got a couple of episodes to do, but we did the show, and I, I know what he got paid. Great show, by the way, man. I really appreciate that kid getting out there and speaking. I mean, I, it's obvious that he has problems sometimes speaking. Sometimes. It's great that he's doing that, though, by the way. Appreciate that. Um, but if you're Davison and you can get the same amount of money without having to do the show or without having, yeah. to, without having to do anything. I mean, that's, that's the thing is, what are they even doing for the money? I mean, no, uh, they're not, not, none of them are doing commercials. I mean, you know, not doing it's not anything. like they're going and doing. No, they're signing with the collective, and they put out a social media thing that goes they signed, and then they get, they get a monthly stipend. <laughs> It's, and, and, I wish if I was in college I could do that just to get well, but like I, I won't to get money. I won't name the team, but I know of a roster where I know of a it, it's a uh, it, it's a Power Five team where it got out inside the team what everybody made per month off NIL, and the that high, be very problematic. Well, the highest paid player was a freshman who hardly ever plays, and. 
see, that's the issue that I that I really get worried about long term because now the bidding war starts with these youngsters. Yeah. When you've got guys that have been there in the program, and you look, I mean, you can look at your situation like, for instance, Mason Brooks. He gets paid, doesn't even really play much this year, and then you got other offensive linemen that don't. Well, uh, that do play. Uh, and, and I'm not, and, I'm, not hey, I'm not faulting the kid, are y'all? But and to dive into Mason's deal, why did Mason not play? That's I don't know. Either. I don't know the answer to that either. Well, I mean, who played in front of him? Well, you you got you got guys there. Well, I mean, I but mean, why Jeremy James and you got so if let, let's say hypothetically a young guy who played in front of him early in the year said, "Hey, if I don't play, I'm getting in. The, I'm, I'm getting out of here. I'm getting in the portal." Who do you play? The older guy or the younger guy? I see. I mean, I see your point, and I'm sure you have some. <laughs> Some knowledge on that situation as well. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, <laughs> you know, that stuff's happening everywhere, and that stuff's going to get into the locker room. And then at the end of the I, – I keep telling people this is brand new, and a year from now or a few months from now or maybe even a couple of weeks from now, some of the price is going to get paid for it because there's a yeah, lot of Yeah, I don't see how happy keep news. up this pace. I mean, I don't – I, I just I, – I mean, literally, I don't know the answer, and I don't know if anybody does, but – I'm concerned for college football and basketball, baseball for that matter as well. But, I mean, it's very concerning because this is not like it. This is worse than in anything. NFL, they've got limitations. They've yeah. got restrictions. They've yeah. got contracts. Yeah. Um, I would be much better situation for these kids to sign three-year contracts um, as opposed to this one-year deal where they can jump at any moment. How does I just don't see how a coach can even handle this. I really don't. But I'm not going to keep you long. I know you got a soccer game, but thank you so much for your shows and what you do. Oh, thank New you so much. New subscriber to the site. So it's a great little deal that my wife got me for Christmas. So. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Very cheap gift. Well, tell her we said Good thank deal. you. Yeah, thank you all. I appreciate it, Neil. All right, thank you. All right. Appreciate the call from, uh, from Zach. Going to get moving here in a second. Appreciate everybody who called in. Uh, pre- appreciate you guys understanding uh, the, the short show. Again, uh, Butcher versus Spin Instructor coming your way uh, any moment now. So that's going to be here on the thread as well. Greg Jones and my daughter Campbell with their weekly picks. And uh, we'll make this the Friday morning Oxford Exxon podcast. And uh, we'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Oxford Exxon podcast, another week of podcast. Uh, next week, the Transfer portal is going to be going crazy. We'll have that. Recruiting is going to probably pick up. Ole Miss finds out its bowl uh, destination on Sunday. Probably leaks out sometime Saturday night. Again, Ole Miss uh, Memphis basketball in Memphis at FedEx Forum on uh, Saturday evening as well. We'll have coverage of that. So, again, thanks to Ben Mintz for his time here on the show. And as each and every week, thanks to you guys for calling in. We'll be back, uh, like I said, on Monday with another edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Until then, take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.